0: Good morning. Super glad to have you with us at uh, First Christian Church this morning. Uh, we're really glad that you're here. Want to encourage you to turn to about 17 places in your Bible. Um, I'll just name them slowly. You're going to want to look most of these up. Uh, Genesis 1, 12, 15, 17, 22. Those are the first five. I'll give you another one in just a second. Those are all in Genesis. Genesis 1, 12, 15, 17, and 22. Uh, the regulars, if you're new with us, the regulars know what on earth is going on today. Usually I say just look at this one place and we're going to just kind of simmer there. But we're looking at a number of places today. A lot of Bible nerdy stuff for you to get through with me today. Genesis 1, 12, 15, 17, 22. And I want to also have you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Verse 10, if you need Bibles or you need study guides for um, the service today for um, your own study this week, um, you can have those with those guys, guest, uh, guest connections and services peeps there. Um, if you need a Bible, take it, it's yours, put your name in it, Pastor said you could steal. Um, we use these study guides as our uh, curriculum for our life groups I still think that's funny every time I say it. A few of you are like, not so much. Um, study guides are our curriculum for our sermon-based life groups. Our um, third of our seven habits is to connect in a small group, and life groups is one of those two primary places we do that. Um, if you're still interested in a small group, we've just had uh, the beginning of a new semester. There are numbers of, uh, of new groups that have just started, um, and if you're interested in that, make sure you go by the Hub on the way out. Um, I'm not going to do a bunch of announcements today because we've got a lot to get to. And, uh, so, so that we're out by noon, uh, you're welcome. Uh, we're going to jump into, um, the passage here pretty soon. Just want to give you a little bit of intro to the series today. This is called Multiply. This is just a quick two week series. Um, It's called Multiply and it speaks, especially today, to the biblical injunction, uh, sort of the theological foundational stuff um, for us being a people and for us being a church uh, that is about multiplication of the gospel um, by by becoming people who replicate our life in the life of another who is also taught to replicate their life in the life of another. That's what making disciple makers is about. So our purpose in uh, week one is to sort of establish the the Bible stuff um, for where this concept of multiplication begins in Scripture. Uh, Next week, we're going to spend a little more time talking kind of practically about what that looks like for us as uh, we steward the gospel, as we are caretakers of the good news uh, for the sake of multiplication. Uh, But this week is a little more Nerdsville abstract. This week, um, most of you are like, oh, no stories. Wah. Let's go ahead and uh, read, if you would, please, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. That's sort of a theme verse for us in these two weeks. Um, and then we'll pray and uh, jump into the text together. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. Let's read this twice. It's that good. It says, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply And multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Let's read that again. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Let's pray, friends. Lord God, we're gathered today because you are worthy of praise. You alone are worthy of us laying down our lives and giving all that we have. You alone are worthy of worship. And so uh, we're gathered today to reestablish the awesome truth that You are perfect and a holy God and that You have created us for Your purposes and that we are satisfied in those purposes. Lord, teach us toward this end today. Show us a glimpse of what it means to be uh, multipliers who use, the, who steward the resources that you've given us in the world, not for the, not for the sake of ourselves, but for the sake of the gospel moving forward in the lives of people. For the sake of Your Spirit making dead bones live. Father, this is our prayer today that You would instruct us from Your Word toward this end. That we would leave this place changed. That we would learn what it means to be fruitful and to multiply. We ask this in the name of Your Son, Jesus. Amen. So if you're new with us here today, um, you may not be used to how we roll. Um, let me just say we're a place that's pretty laser-focused on becoming people and becoming an environment, um, a people and environment that are about helping people find and follow Jesus. Um, that's just our stated mission. That's that's what we do. Um, it's an environment that is about this place, but it's also about us as people becoming an environment of helping people find and follow Jesus, our mission is to bring people into greater relationship with Jesus. Now, this is crucial. In this, <laughs> uh, we want to be a place that produces people who are good at helping people find and follow Jesus. This isn't just to come and soak it up for oneself and leave. Yay, church was great. This is this is a we become. People who help people find and follow Jesus. You wouldn't be sitting here were it not for those who were disciple makers before you who wanted to replicate the life of Jesus in you. So we want to be a place that produces producers, people who are good at caring for people's souls. Um, And let's just be real about this for a second before we jump into the text here soon. Um, Let's simmer here for a bit. There are not many believers, there are not many churches where believers are well trained to help others grow into greater relationship with Jesus, let alone believers who just feed themselves well spiritually. There are not lots of believers who are well trained, who are well discipled, so that they can help others grow spiritually, let alone when it comes to themselves. Now, don't get me wrong. Lots of churches, lots of Christians do lots of great things, okay? But there are not many Christians who take seriously their own responsibility to help other people find and follow Jesus. Very few supposed followers of Jesus are good at shepherding people's souls. Just ask yourself that question for a sec before we move on. Am I good (laughs) at shepherding a person's soul to be about the kingdom of God and to grow in Jesus. So, I'm just saying up front, this is how we roll. (laughs) We are focused on becoming an exception to that norm. Uh, We're pretty intentional about resetting people's understandings of the reason they exist, of the reason they were created, and the reason that we have resources, that they have resources, and the mission of the church, this is sort of something that we want to do, is we want to come on Sundays, we want to reset our hearts and our minds around the truth that God's holy, that we're not, and that it's all his kingdom, and that we are here for him. That's what this is here. So welcome to church. Um, and let's be, let's be frank about that process for a bit here. Um, becoming people and becoming a church like that, that takes a lot of work. Uh, that kind of an environment doesn't just magically happen. Uh, unless quite a few spirit-filled believers, Christians devote themselves to prayer, to planning, to preparing, to creating an environment where the spirit can work. And, there, and there's a lot of sideways energy that can easily pull us and distract us from our mission of helping people find and follow Jesus. And as I've said today, helping people help people find and follow Jesus. So so before we jump into the text, <laughs> this is why, I'm just kind of saying this up front, if you're new with us and you're not used to this, this is why I often stand up here Sunday after Sunday, <laughs> and I make pretty intense, uh, pretty passionate appeals and sweeping claims about how we were created for God's glory, about how you are called to steward your life's resources for kingdom growth about how we, all of us, are called as a church to help people find and follow Jesus. And so at the outset today, uh, as we jump into the Scriptures, I just want to grant that hearing me say that kind of thing week after week with that kind of intensity as if it matters that much may be occasionally tiring. Uh, From some people's vantage point um, to hear um, us here at SEC continually call us to growth, and, and to constantly ask us to sacrifice uh, may get a little old for some folks here and there. It can be a little bit of tiring at times, and I get that. Um, by the way, apparently your fate when it comes to church is to have a pastor who believes that this whole thing is about missions and teaching us how this works. Yeah, sorry about that. But I want to share from you today. Why from the very first words of the scriptures, the very first command of a self-giving God who created the world, why it is that we say this week in and week out? This isn't just (laughs) intense Scott. Some of of us like to believe that's the reason I can dismiss what he says. But this is just from God. (laughs) The Word of God teaches us that our lives are not our own. They never have been. All of our resources are not ours. They're all about him, and it's all about God's glory. And I'm just going to show you, just straight from the Scriptures, where we get this uh, in Genesis 1. You see, you see everything changes when you see your entire life as a stewardship of God's resources. Everything changes when you begin to see your life as a stewardship, as a caretaking, as a management, not of your resources, but of God's. Everything changes. So jump with me in the text, Genesis 1:26 through 28. I want to show you where this comes from before we jump into this idea of becoming a people and becoming a church that is about multiplying uh, the gospel for the sake of the kingdom says this, Genesis 1, where we'll start. Day six of creation, right on the heels of creating Adam and Eve here, right after God makes them, he says this, let us make man, that's the generic term for all humanity, let us make man, mankind, in our image after our likeness. Meaning, we can hear from God, uh, we can in some sense do what he does. So God created humanity to be like him uh, in, in some way for this purpose, keep reading, Let them have dominion. Let us make man our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. This is the purpose over the fish of the sea, the birds of the heaven, over the livestock, over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So, So have dominion. Be in charge of what I give you. All right? He created humanity to be in charge of what I give you and to steward that for me in essence. That's what God's saying here. Uh, Look at verse 27 here. So because of that, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So God says at the outset, right after making Adam and Eve, like the God (laughs) who made them and without which they wouldn't exist, says everything I have made is yours to manage and to take care of. I am giving you that responsibility. In Genesis 2.15 says it pretty clearly. The Lord took the man and he put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. God was the first gardener. And he, in essence, takes Adam and says, put, it, put you here in the garden. You're a gardener, Adam. All right. It's like, are we tracking so far? God said, this is yours to manage. God made us to carry on the work. To be gardeners of goodness, to cultivate his heart, the truth of who he is, and his uh, sort of bene- beneficent goodness to the world. <laughs> He's a self giving God, and he gave us that responsibility to carry on that work, to cultivate his goodness. Now, God did this. He created us to initiate a process of giving away his goodness that would spread through his children. He did this to initiate this process. God's the first multiplier of his goodness. God initiated this process in a way that would propagate, it would spread through faithful children. This is why he blessed Adam and Eve. Keep reading. Verse 28. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Now press pause. We're going to simmer here for just a bit before we move on. We'll go a lot faster here soon enough. but, But God blessed them. And said, be fruitful and multiply. This is our job description. Be fruitful and multiply. Uh, In essence, um, though there's a couple ways to say this and I'll clarify in a bit. Go make babies and extend my kingdom. Okay? Now two things to keep in mind here. First is this. This isn't just making babies uh, biologically as we understand biology. Uh, This includes making babies for the Lord in a sense, just to summarize it easily, regardless of ability to procreate sexually. Okay? This is about making babies who follow God. Not about propagating our last name. So this is about making disciples, which is a God's spirit, giving people life kind of thing. All right? That's the first thing to keep in mind here. Second thing is this. In the Bible, this concept of blessing is not only, and this is sort of the easy thing to to understand about the concept of blessing, it's not only a a gift that is kind of unearned. It's not only the giving of a gift that's unearned. It's definitely that. But it's also like a commission to a particular kind of job. It's like a, a function that comes with the blessing. This is important to understand here. God is giving Adam and Eve a job and the promise of everything that they're going to need to get the job done. So when it says God blessed them and told them to be fruitful and multiply, to bless here is to give all the resources needed for the job. Guess where the resources come from? This is important to understand. God sets them apart for a job of being fruitful and multiply so that we, likewise, are called to make spiritual babies who make spiritual babies who make spiritual babies. This is how the work of God's Spirit moves. We sit here today because this is true. We sit here today worshiping Jesus because this is true. So keep reading. God blessed them. And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over basically everything, the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens over every living thing that moves on the earth Uh, to, to say it simply, we're we're blessed by God to multiply. We're blessed for multiplication of God's goodness. And Abraham, that we're going to look at next in uh, development through Genesis, is the first example of this that we see in detail, okay? He is the first example of this uh, idea of blessing for multiplication that we see in detail. He's sort of the archetype of a life of multiplication. Look at Genesis 12 with me, and you want to have handy 12, 15, 17, and 22 Abraham is the archetype. He's sort of the model of what a life of multiplication, a life that is blessed for multiplication and what it looks like. It says this in Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, not yet Abraham, it's Abram. By the way, his name ironically here means father, even though his wife is barren. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. Leave your home and uh, go somewhere that I will eventually show you. Just go. Um, I will make of you a great nation, which sounds difficult to Abraham, obviously, at this point, because A, his wife is barren, and B, at the time, he's 75. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. Blessed to bless. I will bless those who bless you. Him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, this is a big promise, all the families of the earth shall be blessed so hold up God my name means father um, my wife is barren you tell me to leave my home and go somewhere and now you're going to tell me you're going to not only make of me a great nation <laughs> but my people will bless everything feels like a cruel joke to me go go Take the resources. But notice in Genesis 12, what we just read in 1-3, to this refrain in the text of I will. Abraham doesn't do the multiplying. Abram doesn't do the multiplying. God does that work. Abraham is just faithful to it. He says, go to the land. I will show you. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who dishonors you. Five times I will. In you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. God's saying you don't have to uh, manipulate this for the sake of the multiplication. Only I can do that by my spirit. You just need, Abram, to be faithful in following my lead. I'll give you what you need. I'll make the multiplication happen. I will make my spirit move. (laughs) Abraham learns this lesson of faithful stewardship of God's blessings here. And it's just begun. And look through the text here of Genesis to see how it develops further. Look at Genesis 15, this development of this idea that, that God blessed him to multiply. Blessing for multiplication. Genesis 15, one through 6. It says, After these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram. This is God talking to him. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. Don't worry, I've got your back. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me for I continue childless? That still hasn't happened. And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus, probably a a servant in his household. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring and a member of my household will be my heir. How exactly is this going to work, God? Behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Speaking of Eliezer, your very own son shall be your heir. Okay. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven, number the stars, if you are able to number them. I take this as God being funny, by the way. Uh, Hey, check this out. Childless man. Look toward heaven, number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. So shall your offspring be. This is a, a picture of the promise of God's blessing for multiplication. Abram couldn't have even fathomed about what God was going to do. And yet we sit here today. Just look at how this blessing for multiplication continues to develop further. Look at Genesis 17. 1 through 8. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless that I may make my covenant between me and you and may, here's our word, multiply you greatly. I'm going to bless you for this multiplication. Look at 3-8. through So Abram fell on his face and God said to him, Behold, my covenant, my promise is with you and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, But your name shall be Abraham, which means father of many. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will, here's that I will again. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. And I will make you into nations. And kings shall come from you. Royalty is now a part of this. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring and after you throughout their generations for an everlasting, this is going to last forever, an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, which is a new development. You get the land as well for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. This, this promise of blessing for multiplication has taken a gargantuan turn. His name goes from father to father of many. God says, I will make you into nations. Uh, Royalty kings will come from you. I will keep my promise forever. Lands a part of it. God says, this blessing has extended far beyond this little vision between uh, God and Adam and Eve in Genesis 1 and 2. Extended far beyond that into many people's Into many nations, and this has become a forever thing that will involve royalty. Who do you think is in charge of this? You and me through our resources? We sit here today because people like Abraham have been faithful for generation after generation after generation to take God's promise of blessing offered up back to him so he will do what only he can do that's why he's worthy of worship it gets even crazier look at this look at Genesis 22 17 to 18 just a couple uh, a couple of verses there Genesis 22 17 and 18 I will surely bless you and there's the I will again and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and the sand on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. God has now extended this blessing into countless multitudes of people. The stars of the heaven, the sand on the seashore. So this blessing now, as it says, is is forever. It extends into countless people. And verse 18, in your offspring, speaking to Abraham, think about this. In your offspring, Abraham, shall all of the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. Abram had this real tangible sense that God had called him to something amazing. God says, Abram, Abraham, your faith in my work will produce beyond what you can possibly imagine. And we know this becomes reality. We know that works because long story short, one of Abraham's descendants, Jesus, is the reason we sit in these chairs today. We sit in these chairs worshiping Jesus today because Abraham was faithful. We're here today calling Jesus Lord because countless untold people before us were faithful stewards of the blessing of God. And God used their faith and multiplied His own goodness for us because of their faithfulness. And we now know Him personally and forever. Multiplication matters because it's what God does that only God can do through His Spirit working in the lives of people. Paul says this much in Galatians 3.14. In Christ, in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. The early church was also faithfully a part of this uh, process of the forward march of God's spirit by taking God's blessing and giving it back as an offering for multiplication. Acts 9.31 says this, So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. And we today here are called to do the same, to steward God's blessing for the multiplication of God's goodness. We are given everything we call our own. That is a blessing from the one who owns it all to steward it faithfully so that He can do His work because He alone deserves glory. So my wife and I uh, came here to First Christian 15 years ago. Um, We came to Greenville and First Christian with our uh, then one-year-old in tow. Uh, And now we have three. And our one-year-old is now 16 and driving and thinking about college, uh, which is crazy. Some of y'all here and there remember her like this. Um, and in those 15 years, we have fallen in love uh, with this church uh, and with this these people, uh, and we have fallen in love with this community. Uh, we love this place, and we are blessed to be here. And here at FCC in the last number of years, um, the Lord has continued to bless us as a church uh, in some pretty cool ways. Um, to make a long story short, we're growing. Uh, we have seen uh, double-digit growth in worship attendance for the last three, almost four years straight. Uh, most Sundays, we have 100 children, babies through fifth grade um, downstairs. Um, we have added in just January 40 people to uh, life groups. Um, in the last five weeks, we have had 80 guests, 8-0, eight 80 guests in the first five weeks of 2018. Long story short, uh, we're a church where basically everything is, sort of up and to the right. We give God the praise for that growth. God gives the growth. Uh, Paul says it very explicitly. 2 Corinthians nine ten says, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for uh, sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. So for us, friends, the key question that we must ask ourselves as believers and as a church those of us who are blessed with the Gospel and with resources, the key question we should always be asking ourselves is for whom has God blessed us? In in keeping with Genesis and and Abram and the faithfulness of those who have gone before and and the early church and, and people we can know Uh, And uh, people we know and can name in our own lives in keeping with those who've been faithful before us for whom has God blessed us. You see, the goodness of God isn't meant to be squandered or hoarded. It's meant to be given away to bless others. That's how we reflect. To people who are dying. Where life comes from. Remember, this is about helping people find and follow Jesus. (laughs) Who are the people you are helping find and follow Jesus? Who is the person for whom you are praying and with whom you are sharing God's blessing so that the life of Christ might be seen in them? So the multiplication for God's kingdom would result Friends, we have been saved by God not for our own sakes. We've been saved by God to steward the gift of His blessing well by offering life to people who are dying. We've been blessed for multiplication. Let's pray. Lord, we are forever grateful for what You've done for us in the person of Jesus. That the gift, that the blessing of His perfect and sinless life given up for us would be all we ever need. Lord, we're grateful that You're a God uh, who is at all times, self-giving. And that your heart is good and wants to bless us. Not just to give us what we can't earn, but Lord, to give us a purpose and a meaning beyond ourselves that, that ties in with what you're doing in the world. Lord, give us a vision that fits with what you were doing in the lives of those who have gone before of those who were faithful so that we would sit in these seats because we saw the Gospel lived out in the people around us. Lord, make us courageous. Make us strong. Make us faithful. So that the resources of our lives would be used for the sake of Your goodness and glory. Lord, give us the, the courage to offer so that You would take that offering and you would do which only you can do by your Spirit. That you would multiply our mustard seed faith and you would change hearts and lives because of it. Lord, we want to be people. We want to be a church that extends your love and your grace and your mercy and your truth to those who are desperately in need. Lord, give us your heart to care for souls. Teach us to be disciple makers. Teach us, Lord, to take steps of faith and, and walk as you lead us to become uh, men and women who uh, give ourselves to another so that your life would be reproduced in them by our spirit, Lord. Use us toward that end, Lord, so that we can see you do your work here on earth, that your kingdom would be established and that your name would continue to be made known as only you deserve. We love you, Lord, for the amazing truth that you have given us in the perfect sinless life of Jesus, uh, the life that we could not live and that he was sacrificed for us because you love us and you care for us. Or teach us to live sacrificially as well, to reflect that because you made us in your image and we give ourselves to you in faith. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen.